And welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasted to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Powell. I am joined, as always, by the biggest Jeff fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Hey, what's up, Jeff fans? So we've had a little bit of a few-week hiatus. We haven't really had one of those in the history of AEBG. I don't know. I think this is episode 126, 127. I don't remember what the heck it is. Um, but I was on a bit of a road trip, holiday road trip for Thanksgiving. So it was a little hard logistically to get the shows done. Thank you for being patient with me, Mike. I did get a chance to see you on the trip. On the way down, I went to Canton, Ohio, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Show you some of those shots. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see some of those pictures right here. Joe Namath, Curtis Martin, some of the Jet legends like Weeb Eubank. We got to check out, guys. Also went to Santa Claus, Indiana. Super random, Mike. There's a place called Santa Claus, Indiana. And when you go to Santa Claus, Santa Claus, Indiana, the street name, Mike, or like Reindeer Way, St. Nicholas Boulevard. <laughs> Everywhere in the whole town. That's cool. Happen to be on our route. Um, we also went to Louisville. We went to Memphis. Me and wifey making our way down to see her family in Allen, Texas, then finally making our way down to see Mike in Houston. Mike, it was a blast to see you guys, see Tabitha, see the kids. Fun to go to Houston to see a game also. Always fun to see games on the road, but stadium they have there, great stadium. Reliant, is that Reliant? Is that what the name yes. is, Mike? Yes, NRG Reliant. Reliant. Um, mm-hmm. Great stadium, great fans. We were lucky enough, Mike, when we hit the parking lot, had a little squad of Jet fans around us. It felt like a little mini Jet tailgate. And our little section that we were in had a blast in the parking lot with you and wifey game. You know, I know this is old news for most Jet fans. We're not going to go too deep into it, but Texan game was actually a lot of fun. We won the game. Zach Wilson played good enough to win. Looked a little up and down there. Uh, we ended up finding out Mr. Gidry, Mr. Gidry, who we interviewed last year, was a few rows in back of us during that game, which was also a lot of fun, Mike. I think the Houston fans are very polite, very nice fans, to be honest, like everywhere else we've gone. At the end of the game, being that sea of Jet fans, that was tremendous, Mike. Oh, that, that was, was fun. That was so cool. That was so cool. I had never, never really experienced that on the road uh, and have so many Jeff fans that were there. And we took a W and it, I got to see it live in person with you. It was very, very, very cool. Um, yeah, I, I thought that game real quick was the best coached game uh, of the season. Um, I don't think we won because of the quarterback. Uh, the quarterback, again, like didn't do anything to kill us. But I thought the plays that were called in that game defensively and offensively was very well done. I thought Coach Sala did a great job. And um, yeah, we took the W. We did what we had to do. The hope was is that we could come back and do the same thing this week. I know that you weren't back yet from your trip. So I know you were watching on your phone. We were texting a little bit, you know, and I know we'll get into it. But um, there are some positives to take away from the past two weeks. Obviously negatives, but you know, that's what happens with a young team in a rebuild. 
I, from what I've seen now, I was out of the New York area the past few weeks, so I don't know locally how the radios, uh, the radio shows are going, or the papers or anything like that. Uh, I know Zach's performance versus the Texans. Me and you, Mike, when we came out of that game, we both kind of looked at each other and said, "Man, we wish." I don't even know how to phrase it. I just wish when I saw him live, like he didn't blow me away, Zach. You know, I wish I saw more in that game. A lot of bad passes in that game. And I think when that carries over to this game, now the first half of this Eagle game, he looked great. Ran for a touchdown and they two QB sneaks. I thought was a little interesting to do there that close, considering how well, Mike, and you're going to get into this, uh, how well they've run the ball lately. I just interesting. They did that. Coleman's run the ball pretty well. Johnson's run the ball well. And we know before he went out, Carter was running the ball well. Seems to be something, at least with our offense, we've been able to turn into a bit of a positive as this year's gone on here. The Houston game with Coleman, Mike, he was pretty effective when they gave it to him. Last game with Coleman, pretty effective. Seems like It seems like Coleman and Carter have been the most effective just running back straight out of the backfield. Ty Johnson's been a good weapon when it comes to the passing game. Not as effective in the run game. But when it comes to our boy Zach Wilson, this first half came out slinging and looked great. But what I've been waiting for, and I know, Mike, and you have a lot of good statistics in this game. And I'm not – Zach did not play bad if you look at the whole game as totality, right? He played well. Um, but not – again another game where I just wanted four quarters of that. Yeah. You know, and I felt like I got a first half of that. And, Mike, I was driving, watching on my phone. Intermittently, the phone would check out for like two or three minutes here. Okay? So, I probably saw 85% of the game driving through Virginia and the backcountry and stuff like that. But so you have a bet. You're more locked into the game yesterday. I have not been able to rewatch the game yet, but we just wanted to get a show out to you guys because we haven't talked to you guys in a while. But from what I saw with Zach first half looked, not only did he look good, it just looked decision-making wise. Like he's progressing through these reads better than we had seen in previous games. Correct. You know, he didn't look like he was panicking. It looked like, all right, the first guy's covered. He's progressing. Boom. He nails the second guy. He's getting the check downs. And then the second half, I don't know if it was adjustments on the Eagles' part or whatever the case may be, it didn't seem like it was the same. You know, it seemed like, again, he kind of fell into some of the old bad habits he's had here to start the season. Overall, what was your takeaway from the game when it comes to Zach Mike, this Eagle game? So this game specifically, there were a couple of takeaways and the stats. Some of these stats are, are provided by Michael Nania from JetX. So pre appreciate always uh, the work that they're doing. But um, one of the things I was looking for with Zach, you hit on it, was his decision making. How quickly was he making his decisions? And for this game, he had he held on to the ball for a career low 2.66 seconds. So he was getting the ball out much more efficient in this game that's a very good thing to see also he threw for a career high 15 first downs that's four more than he's ever had in the past as well um, and again that's against a eagles defense which is pretty decent as of late uh darius slay is someone who you know we had to watch out for and what he's been doing in the past couple of games um also there were a bunch of drops here um some some drive killing drops like Corey Davis, uh, but if you take the adjusted uh, completion percentage based on those drops, his adjusted completion percentage was seventy seven point eight percent, which is pretty damn good. Um, what I'll say is, and I believe you'll notice this when you watch the game. This is my takeaway. Um, in the beginning, he executed the offense, looked exactly what we wanted to see from him. Uh, was able to counter on every time the uh, the the Eagles went down the down the field, and then unfortunately, you know, we had some kicking issues. Uh, it put a, a gap there 
on 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 the points and what happened in the second half is the Eagles got the ball back. They took up almost eight minutes of play right away, and then the Jets got the ball the very first possession. Ty, uh, Chevin Coleman uh, dropped a pass, and they ended up going three and out. And the Eagles again got the ball back and essentially wiped out the whole third quarter. So they had one chance where there was a drop, and that, from our young quarterback's perspective, you know, his rhythm, the rhythm wasn't there like in that first quarter when Berrios took it to the, almost took it to the house, immediate on the first goal, touchdown. You know what I'm saying? These cats, once they're in rhythm, they're rolling. You know what I'm saying? So then they get the ball back in the fourth quarter. They're already down a big bunch. You know, that takes away a lot of the different plays that they were doing screen passes and runs and everything. Now you're taking big chunk plays. And uh, Zach made a bad play. He made two bad passes, one to Elijah Moore, where he would have hit him for almost 30 something yards. And Moore, it was in his hands, but it, w it wasn't the best to pass. We, they had pressure on him. And then there was another one that he threw to Crowder that was about eight. <laughs> if he was eight feet tall, I don't know if he would have even caught it and uh, went right into the uh, decision, uh, d defensive hands. And that he was also pressured on that throw as well. We would like to clean plays like that up. But overall, you know, I look at Zach um, and what happened with some of these ridiculous play calls uh, that the, the officiate, offici uh, officials were making. Unfortunately, some of the drops that was happening, you know, look, they lost the game. It's unfortunate. I did see a step forward from the young quarterback. Um, we want to see more of that. Looking at his total of this in the season, I see that he's only completed three games with higher than 60% completion percentage. Yesterday against Tennessee and then in that first quarter in New England. Um, yeah. He's had a passer rating of above 80 only three times. The first game against Carolina, uh, against Tennessee and then yesterday uh, and his QBR really has been uh, poor across the board except for one game against that New England where he he ended up getting hurt so um, honestly what you and I are looking for we're looking for progress we're looking for uh, the next couple of games for him to start showing us like you said those decision be able to make decisions run play within that offense don't you know make crazy throws i'm, I'm trying to get through a game without uh, one turnover that would be phenomenal uh but let's see you know how how the kid is doing and again like you said the jury is still out on him um but i will say one thing from an eye test perspective keith I like him better than I like Sam at throwing the football. I just like it looks when he makes the throws, it looks phenomenal. Like it's yeah. like, oh, wow. Like, you know, like that one slant he hit Elijah Moore for 15. I was like, damn, that's a great throw. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sam looked sloppier. I can't really explain it to you just from eye. Like if he can just get some of these decisions better, like instead of throwing 200 miles an hour, on a uh, pass to a, a running back and could throw more touch, I think that that would play better. So we'll see. Uh, and that's what I saw. I'll, I'll defer to you now. I mean, you saw the game, especially the Eagle game, with a little more critical eye than I did. I'm mean, just thinking, I'm kind of looking at the Texan and the Eagle game as one big uh, area of judgment for me these past eight quarters because it's when we've seen them come back. You know, we had Mike White from Stereo before that. We had Flacco play. We had all these different quarterbacks play. Had Johnson play in there. So we had a lot of different varieties. Zach popped back in. And I don't know. I just, the way that the offense looked 
when, you know, Mike White or Flacco or Johnson's in there. I mean, you know, and it was what it was. It was a couple games there. They had a ton of yardage because they had to come back in games. I just, I don't see them when I watch Zach Wilson play in no time that he's been on the field, besides maybe those first couple quarters yesterday, Mike, does the offense look as good as it's looked with other quarterbacks? And these other quarterbacks are not the greatest quarterbacks, and I'm not saying they are, you know, and at no point, you know, did we think you just give up on Zach and that's it or anything of that nature. I just wish, I don't know, I just wish by this point we saw a little bit more of improvement from him, which some of the throws like you mentioned, but at least yesterday you did see in that first half some good decision-making. You do want to see him get through a game without a turnover, like Mike said. I mean, I think the only game technically doesn't have a turnover is the uh, the New second England. Patriot game. New, New England game, hurt. yeah. Yep. Yeah, he got hurt. So um, that's it. I mean, that's tough. Mike, Mike, Mike went through the QB rating for you guys. Um, Mike went through the yardage totals. I think yesterday was the third highest. Like, he had 226. It's the third highest. He's yeah, had all he year. had 226. <clears throat> yeah, the Titans was the highest, if I remember. And then the first game of the year, he had a good game. 250. And besides that, he hadn't even had a game over 200, I don't think. So, um, yeah, he's know, had 200. He's had 200, uh, 258 Carolina, 210 against the Patriots, 297 on Tennessee, and then 226 against Philly. And yeah. that's it from a from a 200 yard perspective. He came close to 300, but you know. And if you look at, um, and if we want to be honest, man, if you look at that Titan game, like we we all got stoked because we saw Zach make some of these improvisational plays that really got us all excited. But if you're gonna be honest, when it comes to statistics, more often than not, the plays he hit on in that game, Mike, those scrim plays, they don't, they don't hit. They're hard to do. Like you, you showed me the thing on NFL.com or someone sent it to you and I, where that pass he threw to Davis on the run, that amazing, that play was ridiculous. It was like a 3% chance of completing it from any quarterback, right? So, and that, that kind of helped his QB rating and his yardage total that game. So like no Jet fan can say we've seen him play four quarters of good ball so far. But hey, if we're gonna t- this is a if this is a step by step process with this quarterback, and we're trying to just build little by little. At least that first half was solid. They didn't play great in the second half. He missed some throws, Mike, that were a little disappointing. Um, one bright spot. Now we might have been a little early in the preseason saying Elijah Moore is the best receiver on the Jets. That might be true. Okay, I don't think at this point anyone can really argue it. At this point, I understand before the season, it might have been a little Dude. hyperbole. I might have been, we might have got a little <laughs> caught up preseason. Anyone wants to argue that? Fine. Um, the point we made when we were saying that and different people we spoke to about Elijah Mike, all of those points, what we thought, at least you and I, because we were in lockstep, which is what we thought he could be as a receiver, um, he's really showing everyone what he could do. Because, I mean, this job, jet offense is not good. And this kid is still managing to make things happen now every week. And he's getting touchdowns every week. And you're seeing some of that playmaking ability, Mike, that we knew he had. But he just had to kind of get going, get into a rhythm. And it seems like it doesn't matter what quarterback they're throwing out there now. Elijah Moore is kind of coming into his own here, Mike. Dude, last six games, 494 scrimmage yards, 82.3 per game, five touchdowns, 0.83 per game. He's on pace for 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns in, in a 17-game span. The dude is, like you said, he, he I'm I'm happy. I And that's one another bright spot that from yesterday's game, I see Zach Tamore. Like, it looked good. I'm like, okay, you know, that's what you want to see, man. And that kid, that kid is rolling i mean at least we got that bright spot every week everyone's looking at elijah Moore. it seems like teams are taking a little bit more critical eye on him too when it comes to his stats and then we touched on it a little bit a moment ago mike but just getting back to it the run game 
before Carter got hurt his last three or four games. Now, we know that yards per carry at the beginning of the year for Michael Carter, Michael was pretty low. We were talking about it on the podcast. We were saying, yeah, you know, guys, he's getting touchdowns here, but look at the yards per carry. He's not really producing. Then his last four or five games before he got hurt, Carter cranked up. It seemed like the offensive line was in a little bit better position. Even with how bad the offense has been, when they have gone to the running game with Coleman, the re- most recent two games, who kind of seems like he Ty Johnson does seem like more of that third down back now. Now that the smoke is clearing, Mike. Seems like Tevin Coleman is the real kind of backup. And Tevin Coleman's produced. Carter was producing. It seems like in the running game, at least, they found a little something here. We're going to talk about the Saints game in a moment, Mike. But Tevin Coleman, we have to talk about him the last couple weeks. He's looked pretty good. It seems like the offensive line's blocking a little bit better. Mike, do you think that's a byproduct of the teams we're playing? Or do you think at least when it comes to the running game, they're figuring something out here? I think the guard that um, JD was able to get from Kansas City, by the way, he fleeced him because they traded Daniel Brown and then the Chiefs ended up releasing Daniel Brown and we ended up picking him up again. So we essentially got a starting guard for nothing. (laughs) But since he's been on for uh, GVR, the running game has been doing even better and better. And I think it's the scheme calls. I think LaFleur is really coming into his own as far as calling plays and getting this offense set up. And we're seeing success on the ground, to your point. And Tevin Coleman, he understands this scheme and he looks good, man. The, the, and, and I'm going to say, you know, I think AVT and Fant. And I think the offensive line has done a, a, a good job with as far as a, a run blocking and then pass protection as well as doing doing a pretty decent job obviously we have to get better there but um i i think from a running back perspective if they make the right choices in the draft coming up here um we can have a pretty strong running attack next year and um that would help with the development of this young quarterback um as he goes through his transitions into year two of next year but i wanted to pivot just a bit um regarding because i know like we said the offensive line we may make some picks i am very i am of the opinion that uh those first two picks that we'll be picking next year we should go defense yeah i say and i say that because obviously we are hurting on defense um one bright spot bryce hall yesterday nine yards allowed on three targets all other defenders gave up 233 yards allowed on 19 targets bryce hall has been doing a tremendous job as the alpha cb i don't think he is an alpha one cb i think he is the answer at cb2 so one of the hopes is that we draft this kid stingley next year and pair him with bryce hall to lock up that cornerback uh position going forward that would be a tremendous get but i do believe that's something that's needed now there have been opinions made about firing our defensive coordinator uh because of what's been happening on defense i you know i understand there's a lot of emotional takes out there i do understand that what we're seeing we are not used to as jet fans because the jet defense usually isn't that bad i want everyone to like understand what the jets were working with when we came in when we came into the season, you know, we're looking at Hamza Nazaruddin and Sherwood as starting linebackers with uh, C.J. Mosley, who hadn't played in two years. We're looking at uh, Marcus May and LaMarcus Joyner at safety 
and then also uh, Carl Lawson. Guess what? All of them got hurt early. All of them, okay? From a cornerback perspective, we had Brandon uh, Eccles, a a rookie cornerback, along with uh, Hall, like we said, a second-year cornerback. Um, And then on the defensive line, you know, we had uh, Fatukasi and we had Williams and and all that. Um, That was our, 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 our anchor. But essentially what I'm saying is, guys, now... Do you know who's starting for this team? We have practice squad guys. We have backups, guys that wouldn't even make any other roster. And you're expecting a young, the youngest team in the NFL, especially on defense, to actually play at a elite or a great level for a sustained amount of time, given the injuries, given the approach. We knew we were going to struggle, guys. We, and, and to say, oh, we need to fire our defensive coordinator you know, at this point, based on what we've seen with all these young kids, like, calm down, okay? They, there was fire Mike LaFleur after five games, right? No one's saying that anymore. You know, a team like this, see, the approach coming into this season was that it's not going to be a, a, an easy year. This is going to be a hard year, and Jeff fans don't want to hear that because they want to win right now, and I understand why you want to win, Keith and I had this discussion with my dad, with my father, who's seen the Jets for years. And he's like, man, maybe we should just get new ownership. Look, the team is structured correctly, finally. We have a GM who hired a coach, who drafted a quarterback, who hired their their, their coordinators. Okay? We are now doing things the way it has not been done since me and Keith have been pretty much Jet fans our whole life, right? I know that it's it's hard to see sometimes with the quarterback, with the offense, the defensive holes that we've seen. You need to be patient, unfortunately, and we need to let the process go through, okay? Because after this year, they're going to know who the pieces they want to build around because they're out there making plays, doing what they got to do. We have a tremendous cap room. We have tremendous draft capital and it will be up to Joe Douglas to infuse this team with the right approach so that next season we see real progression and at that point both Keith I and many others will say yeah we may, we took the right approach or nah this isn't working you can't judge this year guys he's playing out there with backups practice guy what do you expect the Jets to do guys Come on, and now, oh, they're the worst. Oh, we need a new coach. Oh, we need... Guys, go, if you're going to be like that, go ahead and be your Debbie Downers. Go do what you got to do because yeah. you, you're not you're not logically thinking and looking at the bigger picture and looking sure. at where this team is going. Relax. Yeah, I wanted to... I mean, Mike, that's a good point. When you talk about the squad right now, say Carl Lawson's healthy all year, and the whole defense is healthy all year, and they're playing this bad, then you might have some cause for concern, right? That's a little bit different. You got to be fair, and you have to be honest when you grade these guys and when you judge these guys. I mean, I don't think anyone thought the defense would be this bad, Mike, on the flip side. I mean, this is historically bad, right? Even if we have all these young guys, whatever the case may be, this is still surprisingly bad to me, at least. And there is some cause for concern with Albridge, but if you're going to – you don't fire – the signs of teams that are making knee-jerk reactions and usually not run that well is teams that fire or hire coordinators after a year. 
That's not what you do. That's what Mike's trying to say to you guys. Chill out. I mean, it, next year is going to come. We'll roll into 2022. Lawson will be healthy. Probably grab a few guys in the draft, like Mike said. If we get Stingley, forget it. If you put Hall out there as a number two, because Hall's proven himself as a more than capable cornerback. Okay? More than capable Hall. Yep. Bryce Hall's second contract in the NFL. Right now, the way it's looking, he's going to make a lot of money. Okay? We can all say that. Yep. But like Mike said, he's kind of is he a legit now? This how many games has he been put on that island as number one now? Twelve games this year, so he could be. He might go on to be super elite. Guys have shown you that. I don't know if he's that guy. Mike doesn't know if he's that guy. But there's prospects that could be, and we're going to have some high draft picks, as you know. Uh, I think there is some parts of this defense this year. The defense statistically stinks. We're giving up almost 400 yards a game, which is last in the league. They're giving up 30 points a game, last in the league. So Jet fans are like, that, that's what Jet fans are looking at. Like, that's what friends of ours are looking at. They're not taking maybe into context everything else because they're just looking at the results. And I get it. It's a result-driven business. I understand everybody. But when, it, when we're thinking about flowing into the future here, uh, you got to hold on to your defensive coordinator here. Olbrich, I don't think has – obviously, we can't say he's done a good job. Um, I think we can kind of almost give him uh, – his grade is almost incomplete because of some of these injuries going into next year. You, we we had, now have a linebacker. Now, C.J. Mosley has played decent this year. At the beginning of the year, I think he's playing really good. Now he's playing okay, Mike. Quincy Williams has become a tackling this year. Oh, yeah. Quincy Williams has 22 tackles the past two weeks. He is playing at a Pro Bowl level. And that just kind of came out of nowhere. And guys do find themselves. We know plenty of players in this league that might have bounced around to a few teams or go undrafted or whatever the case may be, and they land somewhere where they find themselves. Quincy Williams has found himself here on this defense. Okay, Bryce Hall? That's a piece for this future moving forward. We know that. We'll see what happens with Marcus May, guys. know he got hurt. Unfortunately for him, that might have put the Jets into an even better position contract-wise with him because of that injury. I hate to say that, guys, yep, but yep. Um, it, gives, it gives him a little less leverage, Mike. So, And, of course, we have Quinn in. Of course, we'll have C.J. Mosley back next year, and you have to think the Jets are going to go out in this, this draft, Mike, and add some talent. I agree with you 100%. At the top of the draft next year, because they went really offense-heavy last season, I think they're going to go for some defensive players that can make an impact and mix it with what we have now. Hopefully be better next year, but it is hard. I'm kind of playing both sides of the fence, Mike, but it is hard to tell Jet fans to remain calm when you see Gardner Minshew just slicing and dicing on the Jets. And you're, and I mean, my Gardner Minshew, I mean, we all, I'm a big fan of Gardner Minshew. I think everybody is. Great story. Um, but I don't think Gardner Minshew is Tom Brady. Against the Jets, he plays great, but I mean, that was disappointing. That was it. That game for it was a shootout for a while there. And one other note from the game, Mike, um, and, and those are all great points when it comes to defense and, you know, telling everyone not to really sound the alarm when it comes to firing anyone. At least. One thing we also got to get into before we talk about the Saints and we get out of here is the special teams situation. Now, we know Berrios, great run back on the ball. On that side of the ball, he's great. Our kicker and our punter. Now, let's talk about the punter first. Great man. We hyped you up as the LeBron James of punting on this, on, on this show. Okay, go look at his college stats, his records, his attributes, college, his accolades, I should say. He was the greatest punter of all time. What? Why is he a scrub? What happened to this cast when he came to the Jets that you can't punt the ball 45 yards, 46 yards, 47 yards like in college? I know MetLife Stadium's hard to punt. I know the Northeast is not the easiest place to play. I get it, the, 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 the elements, but it doesn't matter where he is. He stinks as a punter. That seems like almost like a wasted pick at this point for where we grabbed him, Mike. And then our kicking situation. So yesterday it was Kessman misses two uh, point afters. We ended up not even going for um, a second, a third one. We just go for two. We're like, forget about it with this guy. He's already cut immediate. Our boy Robert Salah 
said uh, after the game, the guy's gone. And Mike got some breaking news here that apparently we already gripped someone else up. Yes, we have. Uh, we picked up Eddie Pinero, it looks like his name is. Uh, he played for the, uh, yeah, Eddie Pinero. He played for the Chicago Bears. He was 23 for 28. Um, 27, uh, 23 for 28 field goal made to, to field goal attempts and then 27 out of 29 extra points. Um, so he's a veteran kicker. We're bringing him in now. I rather take that approach. In my opinion, Joe Douglas, has, this is one of the worst uh, parts of Joe Douglas's tenure is that he has not been able to figure out the kicking situation. And for the fact that, you know, he keeps going for these young guys with big legs. I don't care about a big leg, dude. Just make field goals. I don't, I don't care if you can hit it 70 yards. Just make it from 40 and 30 and maybe 50 when we need it, right? I don't, you know, stop. His whole approach has just been annoying and it's it's been terrible. So hopefully, Eddie Panera, we just picked him up. Breaking news, Adam Schefter. Hopefully, uh, he could be something because this last one was just absolute, absolute train wreck. Yeah, you know, dude, like, I understand that sometimes it's an overlooked position. But where we play, like, our part of the country... You need a guy with a good leg, an accurate leg, where the weather doesn't affect it, you know? I mean, Patriots had Vinatieri forever. They had Gostowski forever. You know, they, they made sure they had someone reliable in there because these NFL games come down to three points and six points and field goals. And it doesn't seem like we've had a reliable kicker since we had Nick Folk. Went through everything when it comes to the Eagles game. Saints coming up on the docket here, another home game. I don't know if Taysom Hill is going to be the Q. I probably will be. Maybe probably. not. He played four interceptions last week. If you're a fantasy football owner... You weren't that disappointed in real life. You were disappointed. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I know Simeon had that one bad game, but before that, he wasn't playing that bad. Simeon is what he is. He's an average player, Mike. We know he's kind of a scrub, uh, but they're going to put, they're going to, they should have play whoever they think give him the best chance to win. And they think it's Taysom Hill, so be it. But I do hope it's Taysom Hill for the Jets. For the Jets. I please. mean, if you're basing your fantasy football championship aspects on Taysom Hill, you probably aren't in the best situation. But hey, is what it is, right? And we, we do know people in that situation. Um, but <laughs> let me just say this, guys. I know I know Mike has to get it. He's up against it, guys. Uh, Saints, Jets, I don't – there's no cause or no game coming up in the schedule, Mike. You're going to hear me be overly confident we're going to win. I, I just I just don't feel that way about yeah. this team right now. Every time they play decent on offense, a little bit, the defense is what gets us. We, have, we didn't even go too much into how bad the defense has been this year. But again, another bad game this week. Uh, the, the Saints do have some weapons. I don't know if Kamara is going to play, but he might. Still some decent weapons on offense. The team has not been what it normally is this year. But I do think it's going to be another long day for the Jets. Because the Saints defense, the Saints defense is a little underrated. Not easy to run the ball on them. So what's kind of been our strength recently is kind of one of their strengths. I'm hoping we get a day. Maybe Mike, Mike, Zach Wilson goes out. How about this? He throws for just 230, a couple touchdowns, no interceptions. Wouldn't that be great? A nice average quarterback day. Oh, I'm looking forward from our boy, Zach. I don't know if it's going to come, but I am going to say that, you know, the Saints are not the Saints of old. We are playing at home. We play better at home. There's a chance. But I, I think the Saints are probably, probably going to walk away with a W here. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think Saints win. And Zach continues his... Uh, good decision making. He probably will have an interception here or not, but I think after this game, you and I will say, okay, he's he is still progressing. But I do think they're going to take a loss, and um, and and the you know the defense will struggle. If Taysom Hill's the guy, then you know we're in trouble. So 
All right, Jet fans, look, we weren't with you for a few weeks. We're never going to leave you again. Don't worry about it, AEBG Universe, okay? Thank you for joining us. If anyone does want to get at near you or the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? Well, you can find us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore MYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. My name is Keith Fowler. Get out to you next week, everybody. Peace out.